Episode 291, Bonus Edition, Interview with Casey Watts. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson Summer Interview Series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Woo, elite educators cannot wait to jump into today's episode. We have a guest a friend, a colleague, Casey Watts. She's going to help you reignite your passion and potential. So let me share a little bit more about her with you. Casey Watts is an impact coach and consultant, as well as a school-based instructional specialist in East Texas. She received her Bachelor of Interdisciplinary Studies with a focus on elementary education and her master's degree of education from Stephen F. Austin State University. And over the past several years, she's focused her research and work on effective collaboration that leads to collective efficacy. And in that work, she's recognized the importance of internal and external components that are absolutely necessary for cohesive, vision-driven teams. And in her experience, she has realized that it is possible even when you feel overwhelmed by resistance and roadblocks. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Hey, Casey, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hey, I'm super excited to be here. Can't wait to start the conversation. I know we've got folks tuning in from all over the world and they just want to hear from you. So start at the beginning. How do you and I know each other and how does that play into why we're chatting today? Yeah. So it's funny. I mean, of course you're Gretchen Bridgers. So I've (laughs) seen you for years and years and have followed all of your things in about three or four years ago, I started attending the Simply Coaching Summit. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been a part of that for many years since it's been going on. And I, about three years ago, started presenting. And I think we just kind of developed a collaborative relationship from the presentations and through social media. Um, And then we read the book. uh, What was the book? Uh, leadership isn't for cowards. Oh, yes. and you, yeah. And you did a clubhouse talk on it and we chatted together on or about that book. And it's just 
been so great to have someone else to talk about collaborative leadership with. Oh, I know. It's so fantastic. And what I love about meeting other edupreneurs and educators is we create our own PLN. Like we are not focused on just who's in our school building and our district and Mm -hmm. our friendship circle. We are really like, okay, cool. You do things different and you have a unique perspective. I need to get to know you and how can you help me grow? And it's just been really cool to see all the different topics you present on and what your passion is and getting to follow your journey too. So why don't we back up? Where did you start in terms of teaching? And then now where are you in leadership? Yeah, I've had a, I've had a fairly simple journey and I'm sure it's not much unlike other people and their journeys. But I have been an elementary teacher for many years. So I taught in the classroom grades. I changed from grade to grade level for about, well, I guess 13 years before I came out of the classroom. And so I taught grades K through five, all subject areas. I've had experience as an inclusive classroom teacher, departmentalized. So When I stepped out of the classroom, this is actually an interesting story. The first time I stepped out of the classroom, I had been a classroom teacher at a new school for two years, only two years. And I was about probably 27 years old. And the leader asked me if I would like to step into the academic coordinator role, which was at the school that it was. It's a charter school in Texas. Uh, at the university, at one of the universities around here. And so it was really, really small. So there's the principal or CEO of the school, and then there's the academic coordinator. And those are the two leadership positions of the school. So of course I said, yes, why wouldn't I want to do that? Not knowing that it was going to be the hardest year of my career and not one that I would want to continue. So I think I went into it believing that I had all of the skills necessary to, and I had all of these ideas about what we could adjust in our school and change and the way things could improve, but I wasn't ready as a leader. And after that one year, I asked to go back to the classroom and I had to go to a first grade classroom because it was the only thing available. And I was so scared, but I was like, listen, I will take it as long as in the future you agreed to put me in an upper grade level. And I ended up staying in first grade for four years because I loved it. Oh so my much. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it so much. Um, and then I, I shifted up to other grade levels after four years because uh, another thing about me is I like change. Mm-hmm. Um, And not everyone likes change, but I really like change. So I have to adjust what I'm doing every four or five years to still thrive. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is kind of what happened with that role. Like I jumped into it thinking I knew what it could and should be. And yet I had no idea because I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't developed as a leader. So it just, it took a lot of intentionality before stepping back into something like that and knowing that. I couldn't just understand content and instruction, but I had to know leadership and I had to know people and I had to know Mm -hmm. empathy and I had to know collaboration. Um, So I had a lot of time to develop that um, after I went back to the classroom. And then I moved into, as a classroom teacher, I also did consulting for primarily literacy uh, as a literacy consultant. And then I shifted into the role of instructional coach and 
here I am. I've been in this new school for, I've been an instructional coach for about six years. I've been in a new school for three years as the instructional specialist. And I'm also uh, continuing my consulting on the side. So I guess it's time for a change. You're getting close to that fourth year. (laughs) (laughs) I know know. I've had people say, so what are you going to do next year? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we'll find out. I'm going to stick with it, but yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're pretty brave when change comes, you welcome it. It it excites you, ignites you again. You kind of develop a different side of you. Um, But it also shows me that you're willing to not know it all. Like obviously first Mm -hmm. grade, don't know anything. And I realized that was a circumstance where you had no choice, but you you could have been like, no, thank you. I'll stick with the hell I know rather than the hell I don't know. But you were willing to just be like, okay, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to be great at it. And then look at the beautiful blessing four years where you loved your job. Um, So that's just kind of what I was taking away from your story. But as you walk through teacher to leadership, what's the best lesson you think you learned during that process? Mm. You know, I think this kind of goes to the question about like what, what I would suggest to someone who is, who wants to be a teacher leader is a teacher leader or, Um, wants to move into that leadership role. And that is resiliency is key. And I have learned not just, not just resiliency. I want to talk about two things actually, but if you think about the term resilient, it is a person who's able to withstand or recover from difficult conditions. And isn't that teaching, right? That's just, that is the world of education. Or being able to spring back after you've been bent out of shape or something, a a challenge. And we as teachers go through challenges day in and day out. So we know resiliency is key as a classroom teacher. But if you can hone your resiliency as a classroom teacher and then be ready to shape shift it as you move into an instructional leadership role, you will have so much more confidence and clarity about what you bring to the table as a leader. Um, So I think I would say definitely that. And then the other thing that I feel like I have learned across these different roles and across my journey is that no assumptions can be allowed. And we all make assumptions, like that's just a part of our nature, but we cannot assume that true collaboration is happening of its own accord. We cannot assume that people just naturally have a common knowledge or language or understanding, even around like typical educational terms or ideas. PLCs is one of those, like that is a typical term that we hear, but we cannot assume that people have a common understanding about it. I think, too, we can't assume that people have clarity around the visions or goals or instructional focuses that the leader's wanting to initiate. Mm. And kind of thinking about that teacher leadership role, we cannot assume someone has the skills to take on leadership roles. And in my situation, it was it was my fault for agreeing to go into that position early in my career, knowing I wasn't ready. And part of that was probably a little bit of pride. Like she picked me guys. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, I'm going to say yes to this because it's so flattering. But at the same time, I think that leader probably needed to take a deeper dive into who I was as a leader and not 
necessarily what I did instructionally in the classroom because I didn't have the skills to take on a leadership role. That was something that was assumed. You do a great job of reminding us of human principles Mm. that allow us to be better leaders. Yeah. And I think you can take all the leadership courses and stuff, but like you mentioned, you weren't ready for leadership because of the human side yeah. and you had all the content knowledge, and but it just wasn't clicking. Um, so right. that's a, a really great reminder and, and shape-shifting resiliency. I love that phrasing. So as you go into classrooms and in different school buildings, you see so many different educators. Are mm-hmm. you noticing common characteristics of wow, that's someone that's great. They're really highly effective. They're going to have quite the impact. Like what would those things be? So it's interesting. Our, the the school that I'm in right now, we are about to go into a big curriculum change and we've already started rolling it out. So we're kind of in the process of pulling literacy committees and math committees together and having meetings. And it's lots of meetings, but they're so good because I often look at teachers during those meetings to see what is it that I can observe about them that tells me that they're ready for to be challenged in that leadership role and not always necessarily in challenged in the classroom for classroom instruction because several of them are already master teachers. Yes, they can grow, they can change, they can do things better always. We all can. But when I am observing people in meetings. I think about the empathy that they show for others. I think about the small little actions that they choose to make. And they probably think that is just a meaningless action. And I will tell you the other day we had a meeting and I was sitting toward the back of the space that we were in. And a first grade teacher was waiting on a partner teacher to come join. She didn't know if the partner teacher was going to actually be able to make it, but she knew that she might. When the partner teacher came in late, the meeting had already started. She not only there was an empty seat beside her, but she didn't like adjust herself to make space for the teacher to walk through. She completely picked her whole self up and all of her things up and shifted them over to the next seat so that it wouldn't be uncomfortable for this partner teacher to weave in and out of people. And I sent her an email after that or a text actually. And I said, you probably didn't think anything of that, but that's a leadership move. Mm. And you showed empathy for that person. And I think those are the things that teachers don't always necessarily recognize inside their classroom and outside their classroom when they're interacting with colleagues is All of your small interactions make a huge difference in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. And those are true leadership qualities. I think it's a valid point about, again, we're in the people business and connection Mm -hmm. is everything. And we can't teach kids if they don't know us, they don't like us, they don't trust us. We can't build relationships with them if we're not putting that first. So the human side is just so essential in everything that we do as educators. And you're right in terms of we can help teachers grow their knowledge and capacity, but that human side, if they have that Mm -hmm. innately, like they're going to go so mm-hmm. far in education and and you can see yeah. it right away, like you said, and the simple interactions that they don't even realize them just being them and appreciating people, giving grace, extending empathy. Yes, all of yeah. that. Hey, y'all popping in here real quick to remind you if you are loving the podcast. 
hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. And so this podcast is dedicated to a variety of teachers. We have some who are new, some transitioning to different roles or maybe in distress, their their positions eliminated or like you, hey, we only have first grade and you're like semi-freaking out um, yeah. or teacher leaders like you and I. So if you had to pick one group to give a very specific piece mm-hmm. of advice to, who would you pick and what would you say? I would probably pick the teacher leader. And just because I work with so many teachers right now who are teacher leaders, sometimes they They recognize that they are a teacher leader, and sometimes it needs to be coerced out of them. But I would say to them exactly what I said to a first grade teacher last week. I told her that part of growing into leadership is being the courageous person that owns their current reality, but does not accept it for what it is. Instead, they vulnerably step out of their comfort zone and before the masses, And that would be their fellow colleagues. They model what taking the first step toward growth looks like. And not only do they then experience success themselves, but they pave the the way for others to take their own first next steps. And I would challenge them in their desire to grow and change to have deep reflections and lean into others because people are watching them as teacher leaders and they're not looking to see perfection. They're looking only to see what is real and how you as a teacher leader are going to handle what is real. Mm. And the thing about teacher leaders is they seek perfection. And sometimes when you envision yourself as a teacher leader, it's really hard to pull back the layers away from being the expert and being that perfect model people don't want to see that in leaders. They want to see (laughs) vulnerability and they want to see what is real. So we have to show that to them. Yeah. And not be afraid that it makes you look weak or ineffective, that it actually makes you relatable, that it draws people closer to you. Yeah. It's so powerful. So let's shift to you as a Mm -hmm. learner now, as we are Mm -hmm. constantly learning and growing, how do you stay current? Uh, What's happening in the field? What exactly do you do to make sure, especially you were talking about literacy because that's ever changing. And then you mentioned your new curriculum. So how are you staying on top of all the shifts and changes? It is through my professional learning network. Everything is through my professional learning network. And that includes the people in my, like currently in my building um, that are like-minded or those who are not like-minded. I want them to challenge me as well or challenge my, my current beliefs, but also people like you, Gretchen, and I'm, I'm on Facebook in groups. I'm on different social media platforms. I'm looking into what are the latest books that I need to read, not just about instructional practices and content, but about leadership and people. And so I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if there was a way to merge the words like reading and networking to have some new word 
you know, mm. like we're constantly reading together. <laughs> we're constantly networking and talking, but I couldn't think of one that made any kind of sense at all. I think you need to trademark it whenever you figure it out, because so many people want yeah. to learn and network together and read is one way to do that. And um, we've been doing it, but we need to like name it because once we name it, we can help yeah. other people do it and become more successful at it. So I'm adding that to your long to-do list. <laughs> Okay. Sounds great. All right. So do you happen to have a mentor? Is there someone, I know you mentioned your mm-hmm. PLN, but is there a someone mm-hmm. in your life or a couple someones who you go to mm-hmm. when you know you need to grow in a very specific way? Yeah. I think I have, I don't know that there's such a thing as having too many people, but I have mentors for different areas in my life. So there is an assistant principal in my district who I am just, we are so like-minded. She's older. She's wiser. She's walked this road of leadership. And she is my go-to person when I'm, when I'm anxious about something or when I need to discern something or just to watch her. So I watch her in her interactions with other people, specifically when I'm trying to grow in a specific area, because She has a dignity and grace about her. And I want to be able to mimic that, not because I necessarily want to be her, but I want to take on the likeness of her so that I can be the leader that she is to so many people. So that assistant principal is my older, wiser, experienced person that I'm watching. And then there are so many people in my professional learning network that I look to, and I know I can go to them for different things. So, you know, Allison Peterson, she and I are really close and I go to her when I need to share about some roadblocks for my side hustle. And I go to her when I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, who is my target audience? What is my core content? And then I have so many other people that I go to for different reasons, both for content instruction and um, leadership. So yes, absolutely. The, the answer to that question is mentors, 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 and coaches, because we need them and they yeah. need us. Lifelong learning, right? I mean, you never graduate as a learner. It's just, what's the next thing? Um, How can we up level? Mm -hmm. And speaking of your side hustle, can you tell us about catching up with Casey and being an impact coach and consultant? Yeah. So I like to, when I share about what I do as a coach and consultant, I am an impact coach and consultant. I work with schools on what used to be literacy. And then I shifted to, I kind of do a lot of different things. And now I've really honed in in the last few years on what I do. So here's the story that I think you could probably relate to. You experience maybe teams who struggle to move forward, right? Like, for example, you feel like a team or even a whole organization struggles with the same things again and again and again, and then there's no change or there's no significant growth in student learning or like the culture and climate just give the vibe that we're spinning our wheels but not making any gains. And this often happens because people don't know what they're working toward. And they lack clarity around a vision or they lack the skill and will to approach the vision. And so many times instructional leaders have so much on their plates that they don't know where to start to make change happen. And they resort to purchasing another product 
or program that doesn't really solve any problems, or they implement another protocol that they haven't developed, uh, fully developed. So my specialty is vision casting and scripting critical moves so leaders can untangle their messy, hard to reach visions or their instructional goals. And I strategically move teams forward, even when change seems impossible. So together with instructional leaders, we zoom out to see the bigger picture and develop a vision or instructional goal. And we zoom in to script the critical moves necessary to reach that vision. So that's what I do as a consultant. That's so amazing. Are you working primarily with solo folks or districts only? Like if someone's listening and they're like, Mm. we need you, (laughs) how do they go about working with you? So (laughs) Yeah, so they can find me at my website, catchingupwithkc.com, and there is a coaching and consulting tab that tells you all about my services. I actually have three specific sessions that I'm offering this year. If, if someone was to hire me, I go into the district and work with the leadership team and or teacher teams. It just kind of depends on do we are we needing to develop our vision and instructional goals or are we ready for teams to start working toward these visions and instructional goals? And then so I do primarily work it within districts um, as part of my consulting, but I also do virtual calls as well. Oh, cool. So I can well, kind I, of do I, a little I, bit of everything. Yeah. And I know like change is your thing and you're always willing mm-hmm. to develop. So what's on the horizon? What is next for you? Where are you trying to grow your skill set next? Yeah. So, you know, like where I am right now, I, I kind of find this as my research field. You know, I have the opportunity and the blessing of being able to go to work every day in what I consider my research field. But ultimately, I would like to be a full-time consultant. So that is my ultimate goal. And I'm utilizing this time as well as like my consulting time in other schools to craft content that allows everyone to build cohesive vision-driven teams. So with that, one of the projects that I am working on, I have two things that I'm working on right now. One, I'm, I continuously do live sessions every Sunday. So those live, I call them change catalyst conversations. Those live sessions happen just about every Sunday at 7 p.m. on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And I can leave that for you to put in the show notes. And in those conversations, like my next one, we're talking about saying no to PLCs which is going to be an interesting topic because a lot of people hear that and they're like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Slow your roll. Surely you're not saying say no to PLCs. And I'm not saying don't do, don't work within a PLC, but I have some things that you can say no to. And part of that, I will be sharing about this new PLC reset sharecast that I'm doing on Marco Polo. That's completely free but it's going to help people to decide how do we reset our PLCs or how do we start them from scratch? Because oddly enough, some schools don't, just don't have the belief that they're necessary um, or haven't started to implement them yet. So that's one thing. And then the next kind of really big picture kind of thing is writing that book. Yes. I've got <laughs> I've got on my vision board like just a statement that says, write that book. Yes. And uh, that book is going to be all about building cohesive vision-driven teams 
that stay away from faux collaboration. Mm, that's powerful. So, and you better write the dang book yeah. and come up with the word about collaborating and networking. <laughs> Your list is yeah, right. I'll throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Casey, I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. So before I let you go, I just want to ask you one question. It's how do you reignite that passion and potential as an educator? You have to find your people. And I so believe in this because I've been there. I have been in the position not once, not twice, but probably three or four times. I mean, we all know how much I love change and how much I've talked about it in this episode. But, you know, I find that I want to change when I'm starting to reach burnout and when I don't feel ignited. And the only way to shift out of that is to get into conversations with other people because then I can decide what am I being called to and what is it like as I'm listening in to these other people in my professional learning network, what is it that they're talking about that sparks a little bit of energy in me? What is it that could reignite me? And then I know what my focus can be. And here's the thing, Gretchen, when we find passion in something that we're doing, even the hard things that we do become easier and more manageable. And that's how we reignite our passion. So good. You always just bring the best advice that's so applicable. It's tangible in the fact that I feel like I can implement it right away. It's not overwhelming. Um, and you're honest that, you know, it's a process and it's not overnight and yeah. you may not know exactly what to do. And you lean on your people, your people who know you, who will hold you accountable, who know what you're made of, who yes. remind you of what your dreams are. And because of them, they can help you see through the fog, which is burnout or stress or overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Remind us again, where can we find you and learn more and just ask you all the questions or watch your journey? Yeah, you can find me first and foremost on my website, catchingupwithkc.com. And then you can catch up with me on social media platforms. I'm on almost all platforms. I have an account on Twitter. Very rarely do I get on there, (laughs) but I'm in other places in my handle is catch up with Casey. So that that's awesome. where you can find me. All right, y'all, yeah. you need to catch up with Casey. She is a wealth of knowledge, someone you want on your team as part of your PLN. So don't be a stranger. She's super easy to talk to and she's excited to watch you grow as well. Casey, thanks so much for being on the show and we will continue chatting and growing our relationship on and off the stage. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Gretchen. Of course. Thanks so much. Wow, y'all, wasn't that awesome getting to know Casey and her such an empowering message about how to be our best every day, no matter what the circumstances are, pushing through obstacles and really allowing ourselves to grow our perspectives. I learn so much from her every time we talk. She is such a creative brain. She makes learning fun. She's super relatable. So if you've got questions or if what she said resonated with you, please reach out to her. I'll put her contact information in the show notes. Go to alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, find the episode, and everything will be there for you. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Casey Watts. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>